You're listening to 106.9 here on Tune FM. UNE Research Associate Professor Bradley Evans and Dr. Carl Venez are working with the New South Wales Department of Planning and Environment to conserve the state's local koala populations. Their goal is to predict where koalas may live in the future and how their habitats will change due to climate change. Uh, Dr. Carl Venez and Associate Professor Bradley Evans, thank you so much for joining us today. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having us. It's a beautiful day. No, it is a rather nice day and it's absolutely our pleasure. Have either of you worked with the Department of Planning and Environment before? I guess we'll start with you, Carl. <laughs> uh, yes, I have. Not on koalas, but I've certainly done work um, in wildlife conservation in the region before. Yeah. And Brad? Yeah, not directly on a project like this, but I did work for the Department of Environment in WA. That's still very relevant. Still yeah. the Department <laughs> of Environment. <laughs> so what role is the DPE playing in this project? I'm going to hand over to Brad to answer yep, that one. No worries. <laughs> sure. Uh, so they're doing the, I guess, leading the core component of the modelling. Uh, there's there's actually a number of models that go in to the the final model that produces the the maps of the koalas. So obviously the data that goes into that is coming from the department as well. So they're I guess they're coordinating across a number of teams to provide the core modeling team with everything they need so that we can get it as accurate as possible. Yeah, okay. So the New South Wales koala strategy aims to double koala populations by 2050. What's UNE's koala strategy? Yeah, so um, UNE, um, you know, is a, is a subset, if you like, of the broader strategy. Um, we've got, and we've talked about this before, haven't we, Ben, about, um, about New England's koalas and UNE's koalas and how, you know, we're, we're the custodian of a, of a large piece of land, not just the campus here, but the rural properties that um, that form a large part of the landscape that you see when you approach or drive around um, the university. And there's lots we can be doing to improve the, the lot of koalas, you know, on, on this land. So, you know, putting inappropriate tree species into corridors that will allow koalas to move around the landscape and, um, and protecting, you know, existing habitats so that koalas um, are more able to, say, ride out things like drought and... Um, bushfires and you know better bushfire management all of those sorts of things it's part of the sort of broader state and and national strategy and and you know we're we're a sort of a microcosm of that and how will this project help to identify what actions need to be taken to protect koalas uh, essentially the model comes up with maps that show you the the areas at varying scales of of risk so and and also highlights areas uh, that lack connectivity so by using those maps, you can then coordinate the effort and target the effort to uh, help populations that are under more stress than others and, uh, and, and redirect the, the, the funds to, to those areas that need it the most and filter down from there. Oh, I see. And how is this study related to the koala tracking that's happening on campus where visitors were encouraged to log photos taken of koalas on campus? Yeah, it's kind of really only tangential, I suppose, but we're all interested in, in koala health and koala management, and that's a small part of that. So students and, and staff can, can register um, sightings of koalas, which helps us understand where koalas are. And if we get enough of those records, we start to understand the, the places where we can put the most effort or the best effort into preserving or protecting koalas. So if um, koalas are constantly being seen, say, in the St. Mark's car park or um, above the northern car park, we can target those areas with, we can look at those areas and say, well, what, what can we do to enhance that habitat there for koalas so that they're even more well connected than they currently are? And what has the, the research revealed so far? 
Um, the, the research has revealed mainly that my technical abilities at putting together um, uh, uh, methods for, for people to record these koalas is limited, and that's where Brad has come into the project to sort of uh, lend a hand in the sense that he has this, um, this sort of highly high technical ability to think about... Um, Think about koalas in a sort of a, a, a landscape and a and a um, uh, what am I trying to say here, Brad? It's it's your technical computer skills, but also your ability to sort of think in in terms of kind of systems thinking about how yeah. we can approach um, the data collection. Yeah, yeah. Like I've been doing that for a few years, and um, I think you did a great job of your questionnaire, <laughs> by the way, Carl. And uh, and and the, I, if I may, just focus on the the data for a second. Like you said, it's it's really important that uh, people stand back, take photos, and, and report it, so that we can then uh, map that spatially across the university, and and then put other for help us focus other efforts like where to put drinking stations, mm. or, uh, or or getting that data perhaps even better into into research projects that can help us um, say with AI detection of of koalas and try and get towards assessing their sex or their their ages and things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I was having a bit of a go at myself, Ben, about you know my lack of technical ability. But um, but what else is it? Re- yes, I agree with everything Brad said. What else has it revealed to answer your question? Um, the people love koalas. Um, yeah. People find koalas fascinating animals. Um, recently, in the courtyard, there was a koala, and and I knew there was a koala in the tree before I even got close to the tree because there was a cluster of people under that tree looking upwards, which is always a sure sign that there's a koala scene on campus. Yep. And in fact, one of the people looking up at the koala was the vice chancellor of, of the University of New England. Oh my uh, and then we struck up a conversation about koalas and how we can, um, you know, how we can actually do this kind of work to, to get people more involved in, in tracking their, their locations. So people love koalas. We, we, we have a real affinity towards them. Uh, and this is a sort of a, a portal into that um, excitement that that the people can, you know, the public can get involved with. There's certainly a bit of a local celebrity here on campus. Whenever they show up, uh, they always tend to draw a crowd. Um, so just to finish off, we'll we'll I'll go to both of you on this one. Uh, what is your hope for the outcome of this project, Carl? We might start with you. Yeah. So a, a better understanding of of koalas in the landscape and how we can manage them. That's the sort of broadest, um, you know, uh, objective here. We um, we're very quick to think about koalas being at risk because of um, bushfires. That you know we see the, the footage of you know a firefighter feeding a koala some water, and we get upset that koalas dying in bushfires. In actual fact, it's the way we've managed the landscape inadvertently that has really affected koalas. You know, so um, we uh, we've taken out trees, we've fragmented the landscape. Uh, and we've done all this without a really clear understanding of the direct impacts. You know, we know it's an important impact on koalas, but we haven't um, we haven't really fully understood what we've done to the landscape, apart from removing lots of trees, um, that has, you know, had the biggest impact on koalas. And being able to understand better about food trees and movement patterns and locations for koalas will allow us to then manage them more effectively. Fantastic. And Brad, did you want to give a go? Yeah, I'm definitely going to say all the above, Carl. Okay. (laughs) Um, And and I I guess one thing I could add is living with koalas. And I think there's perhaps still a gap in us understanding uh, and and communicating that understanding to the wider community of where koalas live and what what their needs are day to day. 
It's not like the possum that climbs into your roof or the bats that get in your rafters or whatever. They're, they're really in your face. The koala is just that little bit further away and they're hard to see. So the more we can educate people about uh, living with koalas and strengthening their habitat for them, I think we can live with them better. And uh, I see that as a really major outcome. Uh, hopefully populations will rise uh, from that and, and we'll have uh, healthy uh, populations of koalas and they'll last forever. Mm-hmm. That would certainly be the most uh, ideal <laughs> yeah. of, of that was utopia, Carl. <laughs> well, and, well, utopia. You yeah. know, and imagine a, yeah. imagine a landscape where we've where we've let koalas go to extinction. You know, yeah. are we going to be happy humans walking around Absolutely and living not. in that landscape? Bloody well, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. But no, thank you both so much for coming on. It's really quite helpful, and it's good to learn a little bit more about a, a very worthwhile project that thankfully UNE is getting involved with.